Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. Our guests today are Dr. Barbara Warren from Physicians for Social Responsibility, Dan Millis, who is a program coordinator for the local chapter of the Sierra Club, as well as Claudio Rodriguez and Carlos Rodriguez from the uh, Tierra y Libertad organization, uh, Barrio Los Niños chapter. And they're all here today to tell us more about uh, a recent Environmental Protection Agency decision to clean up the Sunt Generating Station, which is a coal-fired power plant on Tucson's south side. I'd like to hear more about the process of the EPA's decision and, and its effects locally and, and the effects of the coal-fired power plant as well. All right. Well, this is Dan from Sierra Club. and. Uh, if you've ever driven out on Interstate 10, kind of heading east out of Tucson, you might have noticed a really large facility with a big smokestack to the north side of the interstate there. And that is called the Sunt Plant. It is a coal-fired and gas-fired power plant that's been in Tucson since the 1950s and 60s is when it was built. And they've been burning coal in the, the largest part of that coal plant where you see the, the smokestack. It's, it's been a, uh, a coal-burning power plant that has not had any sulfur dioxide pollution controls. So it's a, a, a pretty dirty coal plant, and it's right in the middle of an urban area. So because of that, the NAACP had declared it one of the nation's 15 worst coal plants in terms of environmental justice. It's polluting an area that is 75% people of color, the median income is less than $11,000, and there are more than 55,000 people who live within three miles of the plant. So it's a big deal in terms of impacting public health in Tucson. And, uh, you know, it's, they've been burning coal at this plant for years and polluting our air, and the EPA just recently re released a rule that, uh, that requires them to clean up the plant. And the best way to clean it up is to stop burning coal there. It's the cheapest, cleanest way to do it, and that's what TEP has said that they're going to do. So we're actually celebrating a, a victory today and uh, sharing the good news with everybody. Hi, I'm Barbara Warren, and I rep I'm the uh, actual, actually the state chapter director for Physicians for Social Responsibility, and I represent the national organization, PSR, we call it for short, which has been very, very concerned about coal plants all over the country and uh, wants us all to be involved at the local level to deal with the health issues that are caused by burning coal. And uh, those include uh, effects on the brain, effects on the heart, effects on the lungs, effects on premature babies um, or causing premature babies, ca causing uh, effects of pregnancy. In other words, the, the fetus is affected by the, the coal uh, part of the coal chemicals that are produced, sulfur dioxide, nitrous oxide, uh, particulate matter. And uh, the coal is burned and then produces something called coal ash, which is, has no regulation on uh, the storage and, and uh, waste management for coal ash anywhere in the country. And there's going to be some new EPA rules coming up about that. But I've been to the coal plant at the Sun plant and seen a whole pile of coal ash sitting out front, and it can blow around in the wind and affect those neighborhoods. The uh, coal ash has a lot of very toxic chemicals like lead 
and many other um, heavy metals that can cause serious uh, birth defects and um, mental retardation and so on and so forth. So we wonder why we have these health problems in our community. A lot of them are caused by the toxins that we put in our air and in our water. And uh, so it's very important to us that we transition to the use of clean, safe, renewable energy sources. And uh, so we're very much encouraged also by the EPA, EPA ruling, which will transition probably to natural gas in the interim, but that the ultimate solution should be using uh, solar solar power, which we have plenty of in this community. So this is Claudio Rodriguez with Tierra Libertad Organization, Barrio Los Niños chapter. Um, yeah, so just uh, I'm real thankful for uh, for Dan, actually for a friend, Victor Ceballos, who actually got in con- got me in contact with Dan, or got actually brought us together in a meeting. I had met Dan before, but not to a point, not to this point where we were able to actually, you know, see how all this stuff works, you know, going to the workshops and knowing the effects of the sump plant, you know, that is right next to my mom's house, a house that I grew up in. I grew up in in that neighborhood for more than what is it like 26 years now you know and like just growing up there like I never knew I never thought anything of it you know like I talked I told Dan like a couple of days you know before was you know I always thought that 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 meant was that the plant was where home is at because when we traveled to the north or to the west side I could always see the plant I could always see the little blinking lights and uh, every time I look it's like oh that's how I can get home by just following those lights you know and not knowing that that's such a dangerous place to be around like because um, my house is right next to the freeway. You can hear the cars, you know, day in, day out, you know, night and day, every day. You can always hear them. Um, and, and once you, like, once you walk up to the freeway and you look past it, um, the stacks of coal are right there, you know. like not, And, like, right now, just hearing Barbara talk about the the wind, you know, how it can carry all that dust uh, with the coal ash. Like, I never even thought about that. And just, like, now we just got into, like, food production, you know, harvesting water. So what's going to do to, like, if... There's coal ash on my roof, you know, putting all that lead into my rainwater, putting all that lead onto the corn that we're growing, you know, like um, like I told Dan before, like, you know, growing up as kids, we used to play in the puddles, you know, we used to like, you know, play in the rain when it would rain, like not knowing that all this stuff was like falling down from the sky. And like, you know, we're growing up in there, you know, and then like I had my, my brothers were all born in that neighborhood. We all lived there from little kids, you know, like. What would have happened, you know, if we would have been born with a birth defect or what can happen now, you know, with our kids, you know, because I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen with the first generation. You know, what, what what's going to happen, you know, when I have kids, when my brothers have kids, when my sister have kids, if they plan on that, you know. So that, it just brings up a lot of questions, you know, and I know we're celebrating a victory, but it's also like a small step, you know, because like Barbara said, the ultimate goal is to go solar because there's so much of it. And um you know, I guess what well, that's like, I guess that's the next step, you know, just like how do we move forward because there's a lot of money being made and like, you know, let's distribute it and like let's actually take it a step at a time, you know. Like I'm not saying that TP should fund everybody to have solar, but they should at least give an incentive, you know, to go towards it. And maybe they already do, you know, but how do how can we get the communities that are most affected by it now have access to that and actually have the, like, I guess the privilege to even add that to their homes and, um, yeah, you know, like, I just want people to know, you know, because a lot of people in the neighborhood don't even know that this is what it does, you know. So I like to pass the word along to my left. Uh, Carlos Rodriguez from Barrio Los Niños. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that I'm grateful to be here. But um, to get an understanding what I do, I work in a remote area of New Mexico. 
And growing up as a kid, I never really saw any difference in the neighborhood. Like my brother said, everything was normal. But now that I work somewhere where pollution hasn't hit, I see that it's really different. Um, the first thing I noticed is that the water in the neighborhood, um, when we were kids, we would play out in it, like in the puddles and all that. But now that I work in the remote area in New Mexico, when it rains, the water's different. It tastes different. You don't you don't feel, you don't taste, as I as you can say, like a dirty. You can taste mud because it runs right in the creek, but the you can definitely taste the rainwater in the city. It's something different. And my brother was saying that uh, we haven't had any problems with uh, birth defects, but we did have a, a brother that was born premature, and um, I wasn't um, going to be born um, through some um, premature um, problems that my mother had. And my sister after me, she was also having some problems during birth. So I'm not sure if that's probably the idea of the of the plant but like my brother said we've been there for about 20 years and the highway is just right there we're less than a fourth of a mile from the power plant um we feel the vibration day in day out i haven't really looked into the the effects on the coal but you can tell it's, it's just there it's something you just see every day and there's there's no real explanation unless we have facts and I haven't really seen into it, but just by living there, you just know that it's it's affecting the community overall. One of the other health problems that I didn't mention before, I said lung diseases, but one of the most common lung diseases caused by coal is asthma. And you remember a long, long time ago in Tucson, people used to come to Tucson from all over the country when they had lung diseases. Um, I had an uncle who had a fungus infection in his lung from Illinois, and they moved here, and he got better. Our air was clean and fresh, and this was back in the 50s before the coal plant was built. But now we're seeing many, many more cases of asthma, um, and and this is happening again around more more often, much more often around coal plants all over the country. And when they shut down those coal plants, the, the incidence of asthma goes way down. And uh, nationally, if we uh, shut down these coal plants, it's estimated that we can um, avoid 150,000 asthma attacks in children. And we can also avoid between 3,000 and 6,000 premature deaths. And we can also, uh, those uh, premature deaths, by the way, are caused by heart attacks, strokes, um, and other uh, chronic diseases that are exacerbated or made a lot worse by the coal exposure. Um, and so there's a lot of climate and health benefits and there's billions of dollars at stake here and I think everybody in the community ought to be interested in those concerns we could really change the incidence of asthma and hospitalizations and deaths due to asthma it's important for Tucsonans to know where their electricity comes from and where our water comes from Tucson Electric Power is not just the coal plant on the south side Tucson Electric Power has half dozen power plants uh, that are that are really big, or at least a stake in about a half dozen really big power plants. Most of those are coal plants. Most of those coal plants are big, way bigger than the one in Tucson. They, they pollute a lot more than the one in Tucson, and they're located on or near the Navajo Nation. So uh, the First Nations people, the Diné and the Hopi people in that area, also bear a lot of the pollution 
that our community causes. Uh, take, for example, the Navajo Generating Station. It's the largest greenhouse gas producer in the Southwest uh, for a single source. It powers approximately 7% of Tucson's electricity, and it powers the water to our faucets. Most of the water that comes to our faucets in Tucson comes through the Central Arizona Project Canal, which pumps Colorado River water to Tucson and Phoenix using coal-fired electricity from the Navajo Generating Station. The problems that we have in Tucson with our electric sector and even with our water are pretty profound. We're about 80% coal in terms of our electricity, 12% natural gas, which is another fossil fuel that's dirty, causes a lot of pollution, especially in the fracking extraction process. And the rest is efficiency and renewable energy. We're less than 4% solar. Here we are in the middle of the, the solar radiation uh, zone of the United States, probably the best place to have solar power, but we're only less than 4% solar power. And I just don't think that's acceptable. I think most Tucsonans, if you tell them that when they turn on the light, they're burning 80% coal with that light bulb, I think they would be really surprised and, and really disappointed in our utility. Tucson Electric Power could do way better. They're, they are uh, working on getting rid of coal, but we think that they could be more aggressive in looking at high-tech solutions that really focus on clean, renewable, locally generated power. You're listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Joined in the studio today with Dr. Barbara Warren from Physicians for Social Responsibility, Dan Millis from the Sierra Club, and Claudio Rodriguez from Tierra and Libertad Organization, as well as Carlos Rodriguez, and all talking about uh, electric power, in particular uh, the EPA's recent decision to clean up the Sunt Generating Station, which is a coal-fired power plant on Tucson's south side. This Claudio, once again. So um, we're talking about, like, the effects of children and families, you know, and people of color right here, right next to the sun plant. And uh, it's funny because that that whole neighborhood is named Los Niños, which means the kids, you know. So it's funny that such a dangerous thing that doesn't look dangerous is really actually really bad for kids. And it's not the only environmental injustice there. We also have, like, the planes that fly overhead every hour on the hour, you know, and in between. There's also, like, I think about a mile or two miles down the road, there's the the landfill plant, you know. So you have all these all these environmental injustices that that are happening in this neighborhood that aren't being addressed. And I think this is one of the ones that's going to start leading, you know, to address all these things that are happening in this neighborhood. And um, you know, also talking about environmental injustice, when you go to the north to Diné land with hope with the Hopis and the Diné, you know, I've been up there, and the homes like a lot of them don't even have running water, don't have electricity, and how is it that you know, the producers of all this energy is not even giving energy to the land that they're taking all these resources from. You know, I mean, there's grandmas there still doing wood stoves, you know, like they're like 90 years old. You know, I have a lot of friends from up there who are working on like the pollution that goes on there. You know, there's not enough running water, but yeah, they're using potable water to run all the coal down here because it's supposed to burn clean. But yet when you when you look over the freeway, you see it just piled up, you know, where dust can hit it, where wind can hit it, you know, it can be carried everywhere. 
so um you know like they say tucson is what is it solar city i think that's what they call it right solar city so we should invest in solar you know every roof can have solar you know every i think they've already started with like the bus stops you know you go past uh, davis mountain they have a solar field why why aren't there solar fields you know um on all our houses you know like we can definitely provide enough solar energy to you know light up every home and even you know sell back to TEP you know they can basically make money off our homes if they just like install solar power for us so um that's just like one of the points that i see this is dan uh i'll just mention that you know claudio was talking about water use and that's a big issue the the water that they use to to power the steam generators at the plant comes from wells. So they're sucking up potable groundwater, uh, heating it up with dirty coal, making steam out of it, and, and shooting it through the steam generators. And, and so that's where all those those clouds, Claudio, you told me that your dad had told you when you were a kid that that's where the clouds are made. So you see those clouds, those clouds of steam coming up out of the, um, the power plant, and that's our, that's our groundwater, and it's just evaporating. So... Um, you know, Tucson Electric Power, as a utility, they use about 21,000 acre-feet of water every year. And that's water they're sucking out of the ground from underneath Tucson or water that's up on the Diné lands and the Hopi lands that is, is being used by the big power plants up there. So, um, you know, this is a desert. we got to be more responsible with our water. That's why we want to see more solar power. We want to see more wind power. We want to see storage solutions so that when the sun's not shining and the wind's not blowing, we can still have, have our power going. And we want to see Tucson Electric Power really lead the way in installing these technologies, especially in, in some of the neighborhoods that have been most impacted by the irresponsible uh, behaviors that, that they've had in, in the past in terms of polluting the neighborhoods and everything. The amount of pollution that comes out of the sun plant is, is pretty big because it, it doesn't have any of those sulfur dioxide emissions controls. And that's pretty rare for a plant not to have those scrubbers. They call them scrubbers. And this power plant produces about 1,000 pounds of sulfur dioxide every hour, according to uh, TEP's numbers there. So um, that's a lot of sulfur dioxide. It's, how much would that be a day? 12 tons a day? And it's 2,000-something tons a year, according to the EPA. So uh, a lot of pollution is going up in the air. There's been some questions about, you know, exactly what that looks like. Sierra Club had a computer model made by an engineering company that shows an average of where those sulfur dioxide concentrations would be in Tucson. Maybe we can get you a, an image of that that you can put on the website if you're interested, and people can look in their neighborhood to see if their neighborhood is in some of the areas that exceed the, the healthy limits. But the, the areas that ex exceed those limits are right around the coal plant. And then, surprisingly, uh, they're up against the Rincon Mountains and the Catalina Mountains because that's where the wind blows a lot of this stuff and it hits the mountains and, and collects there. So it's not just the poor folks that are getting impacted by the pollution. It's also the rich people uh, living in the foothills who have some of the most dangerous levels of sulfur dioxide, according to our computer model. Now, we've only got one sulfur dioxide detector in the Pima County Air Quality Program, and it's not within any of the areas that we think are impacted. It's up on River and Oracle in that area. Um, but I just want to reiterate that, you know, if people want to argue about whether or not our air is clean, 
The fact is, we've got a thousand pounds of sulfur dioxide every hour coming out of that smokestack, and that's not clean. So we're very happy that that's going to come to an end within the next four or five years, and we want Tucson Electric Power to pledge not to buy any more coal for that plant. They already have huge piles of coal on the ground. You can see them from the highway. And if they buy more coal and, and bring it in on a train and burn it at 1,000 pounds of sulfur dioxide per hour when, when they really don't have to, uh, that would just be, a, you know, it's a travesty, really. It's, it's really an insult to our community for them to do that. Take that toxic coal ash that Barbara was talking about and then ship it to Springerville, which is what they do. This coal comes hundreds of miles on a train, gets burned here in the south side neighborhood, the toxic ash gets put back on a train, shipped hundreds of miles to Springerville, they dump it in an unlined pit. You know, they'll have us believe that coal is cheap. I don't see how that's cheap at all. That's a huge impact for our kids. It's a huge impact for public health, and we can't afford it. Speaking of uh, coal ash ponds, Arizona has nine of the most toxic coal ash ponds in the country, and you read about the spills from coal ash around the country where whole communities have been inundated with this toxic slush, this horrible toxic mess, which makes the community where it's spilled unlivable, uh, let alone extraordinarily unhealthy. Um, one of the other things that um, we that we haven't mentioned yet is that uh, coal, burning coal and fossil fuels in this country are primarily res- the primary responsibility for causing climate change. Climate change is real. It's upon us. We're seeing increasing heat across the country and and especially in our community, uh, every year we're setting records. Forty uh, percent of the cause of climate change is due to uh, burning coal, fossil fuels, and if we can uh, stop doing that, we can make a huge, uh, huge amount of progress in uh, turning things around. And it's urgent that we do that. That's an environmental and social justice issue that affects every one of us, and. Uh, is, and especially, again, unfortunately, disproportionately in low-income communities uh, because people have less resources to, to be resilient to the extreme heat uh, things, uh, disasters that we could have, or extreme heat in general, and other climate disasters. And we've seen that in other communities around the country with uh, other kinds of climate disasters. This is something we all need to be particularly uh concerned about and active about. And it's unfortunate, I think, that we have to wait for the EPA to come in with rules like they have for the sun to plant and like they have for the power plants around the state and around the country trying to set more uh, efficient um, pollution controls. And now a new uh, ruling that's coming into place that's going to set rules on carbon. It takes a long time to implement those processes, and unfortunately, we get people fighting back and resisting making those changes. So it's extremely important that we all get very active in supporting that these uh, new rules, these new EPA rules uh, coming down, get acted upon as fast as possible. We need to all speak out, both to our uh, local government and our national government. We need to make sure the right people are in there representing us and making the decisions about how these rules get reinforced and uh, put in place in our communities. And um, and those of us who are sitting back no- doing nothing, I think, uh, really need to think about the implications to them personally and to their families and to their children and think about how they can really uh, get more active and, and, and making sure that we get something done. 
The new EPA carbon rule uh, will again put more uh, pressure on the power plants to to control their pollution with carbon dioxide, which is a big contributor to climate change. Uh, and uh, at some point, enough, if enough of this is done, the, the power plants are going to have to think about the cost-effectiveness of continuing to burn coal and even natural gas, because that also adds um, to the carbon footprint significantly. Um, and so then uh, with those pressures and those uh, requests from all of us for pollution controls, then we can uh, encourage them again to choose clean, safe, renewable energy, which is getting much, much more affordable these days and uh, needs to be made affordable and available to those who, who, who don't have the resources to put it on their own homes. We need to think about how to do that. It's very important. How can people find out more? Well, Physicians for Social Responsibility has a Facebook page um, for Arizona. We have a chapter page on the national website. Uh, you can find out about what we're doing with Climate Smart Southwest, which is our most recent project to try to help uh, folks build resiliency in their communities around a number of different areas of, of vulnerability. Uh, so that website is psr.org slash azclimate for our Climate Smart Southwest project. Um, that's the best way to get in touch with PSR. All right, if folks want to find out more about the Sierra Club here in Tucson, they can check us out online at arizona.sierraclub.org. That's for the whole state. And just look for the Rincon group. That's our local group page. And you can also just contact me directly at 620-6401. Again, my name is Dan, and it's 620-6401. People want to email me. It's dan.millis. M-I-L-L-I-S at sierraclub.org so dan.millis at sierraclub.org and you know to get involved also people can just get involved on their own go solar KXCI is a solar powered radio station which is awesome we've got all kinds of solar facilities going on we've got water harvesting going on in town we have all sorts of really great sustainability programs, and Tierra Libertad is one of the best ones. So this is Claudio Rodriguez with Tierra Libertad, and uh, to get involved with us, uh, you can visit our site at 3649 South 7th Avenue. We're there every first and third Saturday of the month. Also, we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Tierra Libertad organization. We're the ones with the ants. So, uh, yeah, find out what we do, how we get involved in our community, and if you'd like to help us out, just uh, hit us up, uh, drop on by. And, uh, yeah, you know, just uh, go solar, keep planting more trees, you know, um, you know, start a garden, you know, get your neighbors involved, you know, organize your neighborhood. You know, it doesn't have to be full-on uh, organizing campaigns, but, you know, just get to know your neighbor. That way when, um, you know, when problems like this arise or when information like this comes by your way, you have, like, a tree of people that are willing to step up and defend their communities. Thank you. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Uh, we've been talking about a recent EPA decision to clean up the Sunt Generating Station, uh, which is a coal-fired power plant on Tucson's south side and the health implications of coal-fired energy.
Our guests today have been Dr. Barbara Warren from Physicians for Social Responsibility, Dan Millis, a program coordinator from the Sierra Club, and Claudio and Carlos Rodriguez of Tierra y Libertad Organization, Barrio Los Niños chapter. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager.